Hey, welcome to episode 32 of Sports Unfolded. Ron, how are you tonight? I am doing quite well, Eric. Thank you so much. I Sports can't World. wait. Sports World is amazing, man. It just never ends. There's nope. always something, right? So uh, we'll start right off with our leadoff story. And that's the uh, Carolina Panthers are remaining undefeated last night by de- by beating the Houston Texans 24-9. to Panthers are now 3-0 on the season. Do you feel like the team can contend? Uh, you know... This and just be makes... a graphic up right now, but my friend look, is not <laughs> look, it, it, it is it's quite simple that the Jets are an organization you don't want to go to because clearly Donald is managing the game extremely well. Yeah. Uh, like I'm surprised. Like I had Carolina pegged as what, maybe three, four wins. You know, I thought Maybe the Jets destroyed Darnold, but it just put him on hold until he left. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, if you think about that, um, you know what I mean? The way he's looked these last few weeks, um, difference in coaching, right? We talked about Adam Gase and all his issues and how he was inept as a coach, and he's proven it several years. Um, you're starting to see the, the, the difference. Darnold, man, 68% so far on the season, 888 yards, 8.3 yards in attempt. So it's not like he's thinking and dunking. He's throwing some, some good passes there, right? But three touchdowns and one interception. He's also rushed for three touchdowns. Yeah. So he's a completely different player. Yeah, I mean, you know, watching the game, it, he's very efficient, you know, and, and – I think, you know, his size is helping him as well. Um, But it just goes to show you what coaching can do. And I'm not saying that the Carolina coach, you know, I can't even think of his name offhand um, because he made a lot of bad decisions in that game. Um, I'm not saying he's like, yeah, great. He's not great, but he certainly isn't as inept as what you had in New York for – I mean, I don't even know how many years. I, Too long. <laughs> Regardless, it was. I, I actually feel bad for Jets fans, to be honest with you. I feel bad. Yeah, hopefully Salah's a different, you know, coach. But um, I wanted to talk about too. Look at their defense as Carolina. I mean, they're averaging ten points a game. So defensively, they're holding teams, right? So all you got to do is score more than ten points. They beat the Jets, Saints, and Texans, right? So the Saints out of the three, maybe a decent team, right? The, yeah, the question would be so though, yeah, right. But what about the Bucks in their division? How's that help? Right. That's that's the the downside of it is that you're in a yeah, division yeah. that is going to be quite tough. They're only giving up 191 yards a game. But if you're playing Tampa Bay, I, I clearly don't see you holding them to 191 point uh, yards. Well, I mean, 10 points. you look at their their the teams that they faced. I mean, I mean, come on. First, the Jets and Houston. You know, I mean. That says it all right there. Um, and then you also played New Orleans, who had a great week one. But then the next week, they had so many guys out due to COVID and injuries and, and coaching as well. So, there was, like, you really – like, I don't think New Orleans would have beat anybody last week. Yeah, I think what they have nine coaches out. That, yeah, that it mean- was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. So, so, so they would, haven't really played anybody, is what I'm saying. I so do you feel they'll be a contender in the NFC? 
No. All right, we still we still have the same. They're one of those teams that, as a, as Look, a three and team. They could they could make the playoffs because they've had such a good start. They could make the playoffs, but they're not going to be a contender. There's so no the way. thing the thing too is so two key injuries last night in that game. Uh, McCaffrey went out with a hamstring. He's out for a few weeks. At least that's the yeah. early, uh, you know, diagnosis. Hence and then JC Horn, JC Horn. Broke his foot, and he's going to be out for quite some time. That was their uh, first-round draft pick. I think he was eighth overall, and he was contributing yeah. as well. So, you is know. Is that Joe Horn's kid? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's it's just, it's just a shame because, again, you, you want to see them do well, and they've got a stretch here. I think they play Dallas next. And then after that, it, again, there's some uh, easier teams to beat. Um, so they realistically could have one or two losses tops in the, in the first eight weeks. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, you you got to take advantage of your schedule, and Carolina has a very easy schedule for the most part, you know. But yeah, that first you got to take care of them. those games. You have to you have to win those games because when you do have to play Dallas and when you do have to play Tampa Bay twice, you you're not going to win those games. Yeah. Like I don't see them beating Dallas next week. There's no way. I wouldn't say no way, but again, it depends on what Dallas team shows up too. I mean, we've seen that before from Dallas. This is uh, true. RTS, thanks for joining. Angelo, thanks for joining. Uh, before we get into the NFL, Ron, let's uh, discuss what we got going on with uh, Twitch today. If we have any subscribers uh, join today, we're doing a giveaway. Uh, we have these team keychains that uh, you can win. Uh, you can pick your own team. So the teams that are shown doesn't necessarily mean the teams that. Uh, you can, you can pick any team you want and uh, we'll send those out to you. So just get give us a subscribe and you're eligible to win uh, any, any one of those keychains uh, of your favorite team. So, you know, make sure you subscribe uh, to us on Twitch. We appreciate it. Yeah. So we get 20 subscriptions, Eric. We're sending out 20 of those 20. So everybody that subscribes is going to win. Everybody. All right. And you subscribe to Rhode Island underscore broadcasting you will get a keychain from Sports Unfolded, so of your favorite team. So you pick your team. Yep. Let's let's talk some NFL, my friend. Oh, so there's yeah. been a rash of injuries to starting quarterbacks. It of was like dominoes, Eric. It was right? like dominoes. Yeah. It's, it's insane, right? So of these players, which one is more devastating for his team? So you got Andy Dalton in Chicago, Tua Taya Vailoa in Miami, Tyrod Taylor in Houston, and Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. So I guess Carson Wentz actually practiced today. He's still not starting this Sunday. Eason will stop, but he is a backup. Yeah, um, I think the team that loses is is probably Houston. Uh, I mean, yeah, from what I saw of of Mills last night, it was promising, but he's clearly not ready yet. And how but, about poor Tyrod Taylor? Like, this guy just cannot stay on the field. No, no, it just no. seems like one injury after another. And it, it's like he actually was playing pretty well. We all accept, expected that team to be horrible, and he, they were competitive. And he was keeping them competitive. And then last yeah, night yeah. they put up nine points. You know what I mean? So you saw the difference just at the quarterback play. What about Miami, though, who had a lot of high hopes? Right? Yeah, and well, set, I mean, look. I mean, look, I, I wasn't that sold on Tua. As you know, I had them taking a Kenny step back. And he has him in the Hall of Fame. Let's not forget our NFL right. preview. I know. I, yes. But I wasn't sold on him 
So taking out Tua and putting in, you know, Jacoby Brissett, I, I think is somewhat the same. Somewhat the same. Maybe not quite Tua's talent level, but at least you got Brissett who has started in this league and he can do something. So I feel a little more confident. Hey, maybe this team rallies around Brissett and they actually start winning. I mean, it could happen. Like Brissett is not incapable of getting a win. Yeah, no. I, again, he's he's done. He did it in New England when he stepped in. Um, he played. You know, he was a starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. So from a standpoint of having experience, yeah, definitely. But uh, again, I I just think that. Uh, this thing with Tua too is another another alarming. You know, yeah, he's been no. hurt a lot. He got hurt in college. He was hurt in the pros. Yeah, that's his. Yeah. That's going to be his career. I mean, that's a, that's an obvious thing. Once you look, a player that has the injury bug a couple of years is going to keep having those injuries come and happen, and it seems like freak accidents. But that's the player's aura. You know right, what I'm that, saying? That's so <laughs> it just right? happens. I was one of those players when I Carson, played hockey and baseball. You know, it happens. Carson Wentz sprains both ankles, not just one ankle mm. last week, both. Yeah. Like he just got off a broken foot and he sprains both ankles. Like I don't, that he's another one that just can't stay healthy. But see, what about now, the Colts? If he, if he doesn't play for a couple of weeks, the Colts are in trouble. I mean, let's face it. Well, like, technically, they're in trouble he, with him. He <laughs> could play, he could play this week. If they really wanted to, he would, yeah, he could have played. They, I think they're just, Hopefully setting him to to try to see if he can heal up a little more. What about Andy Dalton? That situation in Chicago where we talked about Justin Fields and what who should start or not start. Does this, this kind of this might be good for them? The problem is though, uh, Nagy Matt Nagy's already said that no matter what, Dalton when he's going out, back in, yeah. going back in. So yeah. I don't understand. So if Fields looks really good, does this just blow up this team? Because then if you put Dalton back in, what does that say as an organization to your fan base? Is that a good move? Well, we had Nagy on the hot seat this year. Yeah. If if he's playing well, and then Dalton comes back from injury and gets inserted back into the lineup, and you lose, Nagy's gone. Nagy's gone because what, what you know even the owner wants Fields. Yeah. What 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 week did you predict he was getting fired? Was he? Oh, one of them? Was it he was on somewhere one? mid-season. Right. He's one of those guys. So this this could be yeah. the. The, the you know the effects now coming to fruition on that we'll have to see yeah it's forcing well, his hand and then if like like you said if fields plays well and then dalton gets inserted back and they take a loss that's the game that he gets fired yeah absolutely all right so let's talk about the uh new england patriots and their upcoming matchup with the uh, new orleans saints so as our local team we're going to cover them each week and we're going to make sure that uh we kind of do a pregame and then we do a postgame on Sundays after the game. Um, so let's talk about the one and one teams, the New England Patriots. There should be a graphic up on the screen as well. Uh, my producer, he's got to get better at this. There he is. There it is. <laughs> it's there. It's, it's there. there. Good job, producer. Good job. Good job. <laughs> New England versus the Saints. Saints are obviously on the road. Um, so let's look at the one and one team. So the Saints beat Green Bay and lost to Carolina. And um, New England obviously lost to Miami and then beat the Jets. Which team is in a must win situation here? 
I would think both of them, to be honest with you. Look, the Patriots, if they go one and two into Tampa Bay, well, with Tampa Bay coming into the, you know, New yeah. but if they're going into that game one and two, I mean, you're one and three, most likely. Yeah. So they have to win. But again, New Orleans. If they lose and they go one and two, now you're you're buried in third place in that that division. Right, and you already lost once in your yes. division. Right. Yep. Now you're talking if you're one and two and going into week four, um let me grab my schedule. I don't know who they're playing next week. Uh they gotta play the Giants. So I mean it's not as important for them. I mean, you have the Giants. I still think the Giants win that game. But they got to feel a little more comfortable. You know, it's like, oh, we can just turn this around next week. Patriots don't have that option. They can't just no. say, okay, we're going to turn it around next week because we're going to win that game. Yeah. So <laughs> I, you know? I, I, I started to look at some of the numbers. So the Saints actually have only thrown 115 yards passing. They're rushing for 109 yards a game. 22.5 points a game, right? Yeah. So – not going to get it done, right? Defensively, they're giving up 240 yards passing, 66 yards rushing, right? They're averaging 14.5 points. So New England, who likes to run the ball, this is going to be the game where Mac Jones is probably going to have to show that he can he can sling it a little bit because I don't think they're going to have the option of running as well as they have in the first two weeks. Yeah. You know, New England, on the other hand, right, we're averaging 213 yards a game passing, 113 yards rushing, 20.5 points a game. So something's got to give on that rushing. If New England can establish a running game and be able to control that piece of it, great. I don't see them doing that. New Orleans still has a very good defense. There's some question marks with, with Winston, right? We all know you don't know which quarterback you're going to get each week. But that defense has been solid for the last couple of years. So I don't see that defense giving up 115 yards in this game. So it's going to lie in the hands of Mac Jones. What's the expectation for Mac Jones? How do we feel he's going to be able to perform against New Orleans? I think I look. I mean, he's a rookie. We all know. You know, we know that he has a good head on the shoulders. You know, as far as seeing what's coming. You know, out in the defensive schemes and stuff. Thanks for the follow, Victor. Victor. And I, I, I would think that he's going to be able to handle that defense because. Look, he saw a lot of looks with the Jets. He saw a lot of looks with Miami. I thought they both played pretty good defense against the Patriots. And he handled it. You know, yes, sometimes he's going to hold on to the ball too long, but I don't think he's going to make too many bad decisions throwing the ball. So I think he's he's always going to be looking for that safe play. But... It's only a matter of time before he starts really learning this offense and then starts expanding, you know, his field of vision, so to speak. So I, I want to see, again, we've talked about the wide receiver play, right? More involvement from the wide receivers. But I also feel like you got to keep Alvin Kamara in check. New yes. England, that's one of the keys. He's not, he's not rushing the ball extremely well. But he also has seven receptions on the year. They use him out of the backfield. They make sure that they, uh, you know, do a lot of different things. Xavier, thanks for the follow. 
So that's two keychains already. We're giving away. No, so. no, it's subscriptions. Subscriptions. Oh, subscriptions. We need subscriptions, not follows. I got you. I'm sorry. If you subscribe, you can win a keychain. Any team you want. But thank you for following. We appreciate that as well. Um, so keeping Kamara in check, that's important, right? Can the defense confuse Winston? That's going to be a key. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like, how many picks does he throw? <laughs> He's thrown a lot of picks in his time, and yeah. I don't see, I don't see a Bill Belichick team that can't turn that ball over uh, at least two times in this game, at least. And I want to say, if, if you know, typical New England as usual. So Alex Guerrero came out, made some comments about Bill Belichick going into next week's game, and as the media and everyone else is trying to. You know, ask them about it. What do they say? They focus on this week, and our opponent is the Saints. So uh, we're not looking past. We know what's coming up. Um, obviously, next week, uh, we're going to have some massive discussions on these Bucks pats uh, matchup. But, um, you know, I they need to win. I think New England, uh, to your point, right, 2-1, and one, even if they lose 2-2, two and two, uh, we play by quarters. That's Bill Belichick's motto. It's been yep. the entire time in New England, right? Going 500 the first – quarter of this season isn't that bad with a rookie quarterback and no, all these new free and, and you and you still have a lot of games left that are very winnable yeah so <clears throat> i mean it would have been nice to have that that first game against miami um but now you just have to make sure you win at miami and we know that's hard but i think this team is capable of doing it especially towards the end of the year where I think they're going to be in more of a groove with Mac Jones. All right. So let's move on to our uh, triple play. And it's uh, still uh, an NFL theme. So basically, these three wide receivers are leading the NFL in rece reception yards. Which one would you start bench and cut? So you got Debo uh, Samuel from the 49ers, Tyler Lockett from the Seahawks, and Cooper Cup from the Rams. Uh, it's my week to go first, so I'll start us off. And um, – I'm starting. So I, when I looked at this, I looked at the experience factor more than anything else, and what they've done in their career, right? So I picked Tyler Lockett as my my starter. Um, he's had uh, over 40 touchdowns in his career. He has three touchdowns this season, and if you look at it between the three of them, him and Cup have three. So to me, he's a touchdown machine. Uh, he has the opportunity to 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 score for my team. Benching. Cooper Cup, if you're going with the same theory, 27 touchdowns over his career. He's actually the leader with receptions out of, of this group with 16 and 271 yards, three touchdowns. So, again, very solid, can do a lot of different things for your offense. I would go with him as my bet. I cut Debo Samuel, only five career touchdowns in his career, is leading the league in yards with 282 yards. So, again, he can has the ability to break it and make some things. But I want to score points. I want a guy that can get the ball in the end zone. So that's my that's my triple play. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, I did not go experience first. I kind of went the other way. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> I went the other way, and I I did my list basically by yards per reception. I like it. Okay, so <clears throat> I am starting Samuel even though he's only had three seasons. But this kid's got a great future. He's going to be around for a long time. 14.9 yards per catch. Oof, that's nice. 
<laughs> I mean, that's that's, that's what you want. That's, you know, yeah, you get a couple of passes to him. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So, and he's and and playing with a quarterback, Garoppolo, who's Jimmy, a, Jimmy. a good quarterback, but he's not Stafford or Russell Wilson. So he's got the lesser of a quarterback throwing the ball to him, and he still has more yards per catch. Okay. I like it. I like your theory. Number two, I went with Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Well, because his name, really. So he's being benched, but he's still making the team. 13.62, but let's face it, this is only his first year with a real quarterback. Hey, come on. Jared Goff's on the Hall of Fame, too, according to Kenny. Let's yeah, not forget okay. That. But he still doesn't throw the ball like Matt Stafford. So, so um, thanks for it's only his fifth season, you know, and he's got – he's going to have a great year. Let me – let's face it. Whoever drafted him in any fantasy football league, that is your boy right there. Uh, and then I cut – Lock it. Um, look, I mean, I still love to have him. I mean, he's 14.77 yards per catch, but I don't he's see I don't I don't see him winning better than Cup getting, if you're going by your theory. Yes, but those numbers by Cup was with golf oh, throughout his career. Come on. So now, if you just do this year, oh, that's going to be way higher. Going to go up, way higher. Okay. No, I like, like it. 16, I like 17 it. Sixteen yards. So that, that's, that's uh, what I went with. No, but I you love can't it. Can't go wrong with any of them. No, all You're three really of them. Fair. All, all three of them, really good. So once again, if you're joining us, we're live on Rhode Island Broadcasting. We're on every Friday night at six p.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. You can follow us at Sports Unfolded on Facebook and Twitter at Broadcasting RI on Twitter, Sports underscore Unfolded on Instagram. Check us out in podcasting, Anchor, Google, and Spotify. And then you can also subscribe and Rhode Island underscore broadcasting. Send us bits. We appreciate everything that you can do to support us. But please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. If you subscribe, you'll actually uh, win a uh, team keychain. Ron's going to show them to you. And that's of the team of your choice. So whatever team you want, Sports and Folder will send it to you. So really cool. Really cool. Third mistress, thanks for joining. So you last night on the wrestling den as well. Appreciate all the support. All right, my friend, you're the hockey guy. It's time. Let's get some NHL. We haven't talked NHL too much uh, with the offseason, but uh, we've got Jack Eichel has failed his physical with the Buffalo Sabres. A team has decided to strip him of his captaincy. What do you think the outcome is going to be? Uh, and the players on the screen right now, as my producer is going to put on there. I am well, on fire with this tonight. Look at that. With, with Jack Eichel. With Jack Eichel, it, it's – I mean, look, he's, he's a good hockey player. Um, I see him as a number two center on a team. I don't see him as a number one. So – and Buffalo has been poorly run for many yeah. years now. I, I'm sorry. They get the best pick almost every year, and they squander it. Like we talk about the Jets and some of these other teams that it keeps squandering. This is what they do. Like they just squander players, you know, all the time. 
he's not going to play for Buffalo this year. He's going to get traded. It's going to happen. So uh, six years with the team, 139 goals, 216 assists. He only played in 21 games last season. But what about his trade value? I, I know you said, that, you know, they're looking to trade him. I think they were asking for way too much. He's had some surgery. Both sides want want this thing to happen. He wants out. The team wants him out. But can they happen? What is what is it ultimately going to take to get this guy out of Buffalo? And again, would a team that's a contender really want to pick him up? Well, I mean, if you need one piece, say you need a center that you just lost this offseason. Are you this is a Boston reference? There we go. There goes the Bruins. David Krejci. Yeah. Um, wouldn't you want Taylor Hall to have a guy that can get him the puck? I think and, and Jack Eichel is from the area. I mean, let's let's yeah, be real. Mass, yeah, Mass. I saw that he's from Massachusetts. I mean, to me, this is a gimme. This is a gimme. And what would you give up for him, though? That's the key. I think what they're asking for is is a little too much. Is what they're saying is. Well, they try to trade him during the trade deadline. They try to trade him this summer, and I guess everybody's saying that they're asking for too much. Okay, so if they're asking for a first round pick. I'm good with that because if you're drafting Jack Eichel in the first round and if the Bruins are picking, hopefully last, <laughs> hopefully last, but, you know, they're probably going to be in that bottom, you know, five to ten, you know, realistically, it's going to be somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, here, take the first pick. I'm taking Jack Eichel, you know, 22nd overall. Yes. Hell so what, yes. about, what about two picks? Two picks. Uh, I wouldn't do two first rounders because that can set you back too far. Um, I would do a first round of one year and a second round then following year. So let me ask I you this question. Though. If you got Eichel in Boston with Hall, right, and what they have, you know, with Bergeron and, and, and Marshawn, does that make them a contender? Oh, absolutely. Well, they were so, a contender, contender last year. Exactly. So why not do two picks? Did they have enough talent to go for the next four or five years? No. Maybe not Marshawn. But- I, I would do two picks, but I would not do them the same year, and they would have to be staggered. I wouldn't do a yeah. first and a first the next year. No. That would not happen. I would not do that because then you're, then you're strapped in case disaster happens. Like, say, okay, so after this year, say, you know, everything happens, whatever it is, and, and say, I don't know, Patrice Bergeron retires. I don't think it's going to happen, but it <laughs> could. It, but okay, it I could. It could. <laughs> so right. if he retires, then you're in the same position, maybe even worse, because now you don't have a first-round pick the next two years, and then you can't replace Patrice Bergeron unless you go through free agency. And is there going to be a Patrice Bergeron out there? I don't know. I doubt it. <laughs> the, the, the issue I have is that if Boston every year, and we talked about it in previous shows, right, as a contender, to me, you got to make a move now that's going to You do have to make a move. You do and have to I, make a move. If it's two first-round picks, but it's going to ultimately probably guarantee you a, a Stanley Cup Finals, which they need to get back to because they've had some uh, inept – you know, playoff experiences the last few years. Look, I would if, I'm gonna, if I'm going to give two first-round picks, I'm going to do, you know, the next draft and then two after that. Yeah. I won't do back-to-back first round. 
And if Buffalo will take that, which they, they probably should, because then they would think three years from now, the team might not be as good because it may lose Patrice Bergeron. It may lose, you know, like a Marchand or, or whoever else, you know, you're going to lose some of those players from, you know, the team that they have this year. So, so I, mean, I, I think I'll do, I some, yeah, I'll do some research and see if I can, you know, find out what they were offering. We'll, we'll discuss that again next week. Uh, and see if it if it's something that uh, Boston should do. But he so, won't play in Buffalo anymore. That's yeah. it. That, that's done. Speaking of Boston, former Boston great Zdeno Charo, he signed a one year uh, deal with the New York Islanders. I know uh, you were a big fan of his when he was in Boston. Uh, I still so am. I still so am. So, what's your feelings on the on the signing? Uh, I hate the fact that he's going to be in the New York Island because that that makes this team better than what it was last year, it's going to make all those defensemen better. But we know what Chara had to do with, like, McAvoy, you know. Uh, look, McAvoy is the player he is. A lot of that is learned through Chara. And wherever Chara goes, this is what he does. He makes yeah. the defense better. I didn't realize he was 14 years in Boston. He was no, there for oh, he was there for a I long, mean, long, long time. time. Yes, long uh, time. Second, third best defenseman in a Bruins uniform, behind Orr and Bork. <laughs> Pretty good names there. Yeah? I don't know. Yeah, and, and, you know we've had we've had that great defenseman for a long time. Sway, thanks and, for lurking. Uh, and I, I am a little. I'm. I'm just stunned that Edmonton did not take this opportunity to sign him. Because to me, Edmonton's big piece that they need is Achara. Because this team can't get out of its own way in in the playoffs. And to me, Achara would have made that team happen. And, and I would have guaranteed Edmonton going to the Stanley Cup if they would have signed Chara. Because so I looked at what they need right now. Yeah, I looked at it. Forty-four, right? How much more can he contribute? I mean, he's he's up there in age. He started his career actually in New York with the Islanders in ninety-seven, yes, ninety-eight. So he's been there before. So from a from familiarity standpoint, he's been there. He knows the you know the organization. I'm sure a lot's changed, but again, knows the organization, the area that. Do you realize in his career he's a plus two hundred and ninety-three? It's insane. Is that crazy? So look defensively. Probably the best defensive player in history. I, I I don't I can't even imagine. Not even Ray Bork was as good defensively as Chara. Like the size, the the wingspan that he covers. Like he covers a lot of ice, and and when you have a hundred mile an hour shot to go along with that, oh my god, makes a difference. Oh makes god. a difference. So hopefully he does well there. Um, not well enough to. You know, yeah. beat the Bruins, but hopefully, you know, he does well there. All right, my friend, it's face-off time. Face-off. Face-off. And the gentleman that's going to be on the screen is who we're going to discuss. <coughs> and one of us has to be for, and one of us has to be against. And that is the gentleman there, Eli Manning. So Eli Manning's jersey is going to be retired this weekend um, by the New York Giants. And our face-off tonight is going to be, should Eli Manning be in the NFL Hall of Fame. So not just the Giants organization, but all-time NFL Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, fans are out there. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody can chime in who's for, who's against. 
If not, I get the pick because I'm first this week. So we'll see if we get anybody to Come on, pop Who is for Eli going into the Hall of Fame? And who is against? There's only two choices, Ron and Eric. Ron and Eric. Yeah, that's it. There's nobody else. Nobody wants to say it? All right, we'll go. All right, say I got it. it. Say it. Say it. I'm going, I'm going against. I am against him going into the Hall of Fame. Okay. All right. So if you want, I will begin whenever you're ready. Oh, go ahead. All right. So I looked at it a couple of different ways. He's a 500 quarterback. He's 117 and 117 in his career. He's thrown 366 touchdowns, 244 interceptions. I believe he led the league a couple of times in interceptions. His defense was the reason why he won two championships. Wasn't Eli Manning. Yes, he made some throws, but there were the unbelievable catches. So it wasn't even the throw itself. It was more about the catch than the throw. He's eight and four in the playoffs. So it's not like his teams were dominant. He had five losing seasons in his career. And honestly, even the winning seasons, nine and seven, 10 and six, they weren't very good teams. They never dominated. He was never a top-notch quarterback in my eyes. He was a good quarterback who got very lucky in the playoffs and beat a very good New England team once. The second New England team was not very good anyway. 2011 team was not a very good team. Oh, you're done? I'm done. Yeah, okay. That poses no threat. First thing I want to ask you, who were his receivers those years that he won those Super Bowls? Can you name any? I, I mean, who's the, okay. the, the ball yep. on the head? Yeah. I don't know so what's that's that got to exactly. do with it? So he had nothing to really throw to. Tom Brady yeah. had David Givens. David Givens. That's a guy? That's better than anybody that uh, in, the yeah, Giants stop had. It. Stop it. All right. So what is everything measured? Super Bowls, right? He won two Super Bowls. Two Super Bowls he won. And I don't care how you did it because if you want to say, oh, well, defense won it. How many times did the defense win it for the Patriots? Oh, good. Right? So great point. Great point. So no, no, you no. Would, yeah. If no. you were going to draft a quarterback right now and Dan Marino and Eli Manning are your two options, who are you taking? Eli Manning. You're Eli on, Manning. You're, 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 you're nuts. Eli Manning. There is no way. Dan Marino won zip. Zip. Okay, another point. Wait, another point. Another point. Okay, 117 wins. Yes, I understand he went even because, like, the team was so so bad that they put around him. You oh, know, yeah. it's hard to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But Bradshaw, 107 wins in his career. Four Super Bowl championships, right? Four. Great, right. Mm-hmm. One by who? The defense, correct? No, Stallworth, Franco Harris. I mean, he had he had Lynn Swan, some of the greatest wide receivers in NFL history. Those defenses won those were, games. Were one of the best, yes. Okay. Joe Montana, 117 wins. Okay. So he's, Jerry Rice. he's got the win total. Yeah, he's got the win total. He didn't have a Jerry Rice, so he didn't have a Lynn Swan. You know, he didn't have any of that. He I, had I understand that. Tyree came up with a, a, a catch on his you helmet. Just, you just did a triple play, and you put Lockett as your cut, right? And what did you say? If you think about the quarterback, right? Russell right. Wilson makes that team better, right? Eli Manning didn't make that team better. They were a 500 team. In that his team wasn't even supposed to be 500. That team, the teams that went to the Super Bowl, they weren't even supposed to make the playoffs. So and Michael he Strahan, to the playoffs, and he got the them all the way through. Yeah, like Michael he Strahan, should be commended for that. Event. 
Yes. He, he's a Hall of Famer. They had yes. Hall of Fame guys on the defense. They had no Hall of Famers on the offensive side overall. Exactly. That's the point I'm making. So why should he go in? Just because he won two Super Bowls? He didn't do anything to he win the two something. Super Bowls. Yes, he, he absolutely. He had to carry that offense. That offense was he abysmal. Stunk. And he still managed he to get them stunk. there. Two Super Bowls. How many did his brother have? Two. Okay. Okay. And Peyton Manning had all that talent for years and years and years and only won two Super Bowls. And you put and he Eli Manning ahead of him based on? Look, I, I'm just look. I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm Eli Manning had nothing on offense and still got the do, got the job done. He had to do it with nothing. You know, when David Tyree is your best wide receiver, that's not even close to a David Givens. David his Givens best was record, very capable. His best record, as I'm looking it up right now, was 12 and four. That was his best record. Didn't win a Super Bowl that year, by the way. No. Didn't go to the Super Bowl. He's he's been six and ten twice. Yeah. Three and twelve. Five and eleven. Yeah. Eight and eight. Eight and eight. I mean look, they've never tough. had a good team. They've never had a good offense around him. Okay, so who why was his fault that he threw twenty interceptions, twenty five and twenty seven? As as he got older, he got worse. Yeah, look, I keep telling you, when you have no one to throw <laughs> the ball to, it's going to happen. Okay. He does not deserve the Hall of Fame. Absolutely, I I absolutely believe he did. He does. No way. You win two Super Bowls. You belong. Hands out there. Chime in when you can. You know, Facebook message, whatever you got to do. But this, there is no way Eli Manning deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Now we're going to put five hundred guys in there who throw more. uh, Come on, I'm not doing this with you. Let's let's talk some Major League Baseball. It's time. Please guess what. Guess what happened? A lot's changed since the last time we yeah, talked about it, right? Yeah, especially that National League. <laughs> Unreal Cardinals right now. They're on fire. They were playing this I told you. Too. Didn't I tell you? Yeah, they, they, went on a tell run. You. they went on a massive run. Thanks for the, the bits. Appreciate it, mistress. All right. So as it continues to heat up, let's, let's go uh, as to where we stand currently. So the American League, the Red Sox <laughs> are two games up. The Yankees are in second at the flat. Blue Jays a game behind. Marlins two games behind. A Mariners two games behind, and the A's are four games behind. These are the remaining games for those three uh, for those five teams. Red Sox big series this weekend with the Yankees. Three games, then three games for Baltimore, and then three games with Washington. So it's a good shot that let's just say even if New York swept. There's still six wins in there, six and three. I think they get in. It's going to be very difficult for them unless they blow some games to Baltimore or Washington, right? Yeah. I'm not saying the Yankees will beat them. I'm just saying if you look at overall, the best I say they go can, six and three anyway, no matter what. Us, right? The New York Yankees are going to face Boston, then Toronto, and then Tampa Bay. If Ooh. they can go 500, I'd be shocked. Ooh. They get to play all playoff teams, basically. All playoff teams. Wow. So that's a Toronto. That's Toronto's got schedule. Toronto's got Minnesota, the Yankees, and Baltimore. So again, I six six three. Even if even if New York sweeps, they'd have to sweep Boston, have to sweep Toronto, 
that's the only guarantee they'd have because then they'd be six and three regardless of what happened against Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's that's. that's right? I don't see that happening. So Toronto still has that that run. Mariners playing the Angels for three, the A's for three, and then the Angels for three. Mm, they could actually. They could sneak in. They sneak in. They could actually go seven and two, eight and one. Like it's all that A series. I yeah. think it's going to depend on that A series because I think they should right. be able to beat Anaheim. Right. So, ooh, wow. So if they went eight and two, Toronto goes six and three, Boston goes six and three, and say New York goes what? I think four and five yeah. at best. They're out. New York's out. Mariners are in. Mariners would leap. No, Mariners would be out by one game. Oh, so it's 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 doable. What about Oakland? They're Oakland. four games back. I don't think yeah, they're in. Three I, I, against I Houston, three no. against Seattle, and then three against Houston again. No, that's so I think they're out. Yeah, they're gonna go two and seven. National League. Can anybody catch the Dodgers and take that first? <laughs> hey, you know what? It's only fourteen and a half. Yeah, it was 17 last last yeah. week. They could lose all their games now. There's not enough games left in the season. Right? No, they're already clinched. They already clinched. All right. So second place, the Cardinals, who have been on a, a massive tier, right? I think they're 12 straight. I don't know if they won today. Um, if they did, they got that's 13. Philly is four and a half, and the Reds are five and a half. It's already done. So this is what I did. The, the Cardinals have Chicago, Cubs for four, Milwaukee for three, and then the Cubs for four. Three, so ten games left, right? I see them losing maybe one or two of those games. They're gonna win at least six of those games, right? So Cardinals get it because Phillies, Phillies got so Phillies got Pitt, Atlanta, and then Miami, all three game series. But so yeah, they could sweep, happen. and they still don't get it. And then the Reds, Washington, one with Pittsburgh, two with the White Sox, and three with Pittsburgh. So I, I just don't. I mean, they have a good schedule to get up there, but they'd have to win every game. Schedule is too good. I mean, they're playing the Cubs a ton. Seven games with the Cubs. Yeah. So I I think the Reds are out. I think they'll actually win seven games total for the Cardinals. To be honest with you, they could very well, very well. Milwaukee will be a tough series. That's yeah. I'm saying one from Milwaukee and six from the Cubs. (laughs) Six out of ten. That's pretty good. Six Sarah, thanks for joining. A, yeah. Sarah, thanks for joining. Appreciate it. All right, so let's ask this question. If the season were to end today, Sway, thank you. And we had to pick who our favorites would be. Who do you got in the American League? I have to go with Houston. We agree on something. I went oh, with the Astros as well. Yeah, I'm just looking at, look, Look, I know Tampa Bay has, has really put up. <laughs> the Ravens are on the board. You know, I know Tampa Bay has has done really well this year. But look, just don't believe in them every year. Every year. And even though they went to the series, right, I still yeah. don't believe it. I don't trust it. I don't know what it is. You still think of them as that team that's not very good. And they're a very good team. But I, I know. I, feel and I has look experience. at the lineup. I look at the lineup. I look at the pitching staff. And it's like, how is how are people not being every year. Right? Every year. They do it every year. And but Houston I don't think they can get through Houston. Agreed. Houston is a problem. I think Chicago has slipped 
Like I was, I was thinking about going Chicago White Sox, but they've they've been slipping lately, and I, I don't like. I, I just like the the makeup of the Houston Astros. Yeah, I agree. I agree. What about in the National League? Uh, I, I have to go Dodgers. I'm sorry. I, uh, look, that team is that. that team is made to win in the playoffs. It is. That's what it is. It is. But th- th- I think all year we expected the Giants to fall. Yeah. Oh, they yeah, and they showed but, such resiliency to stay on top. And no, if you think about what the Dodgers have, and even when they played the Dodgers, they were beating the Dodgers. Yeah. So, th- to me, they're built to beat the Dodgers, which is important, right? You see this in all sports, right? What's your division like, and what are their strengths in uh, are those teams? And you try to build your team to beat <laughs> those teams. That's what the Giants have done. But do they play them in the first round? That's the question. I don't know how it, it works in in MLB because they do things a little weird. Like I think they make it so that way the two teams in the division don't play in the first round. Yeah, I think they do some funky stuff. We'd have to yeah. see once it all comes out. Because like I don't think the winner of the Red Sox, whoever else, yeah, plays in the first round. Plays yeah. their division leader. So if it's Seattle, you know they won't play. You know Houston. Houston. Yeah. And if it's Boston, Toronto, or the Yankees, they won't play Tampa Bay. So my guess is they're going to end up playing like Houston, whoever comes out. Yeah. So, and I think it's going to be that case. And if it's that case, then you're looking at the Dodgers are going to probably play, um, probably play Atlanta. Is Atlanta the second best in that overall? I think so, no, yeah. Or is it? No, it's, like, I think it's Milwaukee, actually. So the Dodgers will end up playing in Milwaukee. And the Giants will play the Braves, and I think the Braves are built so that way they can beat the Giants. And I think I that's what's going to happen. I think everybody's sleeping on the Giants. They've they've proven no. all year. Like if there if, if there's a fluke and you go, oh well, look, you know what? They they held it for for so long. They've had the best record in baseball the entire season. Yeah, they have, and it's it's that's that pitching staff. That pitching staff has been phenomenal. So, uh, do you have any surprises? Because I got a couple teams that I'm saying maybe I would say. Um, I got two. Look, out of everybody, um, a big surprise to me would be uh, whoever wins the wild card in the American League. Outside of that, I don't see anybody else that is a surprise. You know what I'm saying? Because the Cardinals aren't going to do it. You know, and I think the Cardinals will be in, but I think they're going out first round. Um, and I don't, I don't see. I don't see Chicago doing it. I don't see Tampa Bay doing it. Or so I got Milwaukee. Uh, I got yeah. the Brewers would be a surprise team to me that look, they've had a very good season. And I think the third best record in baseball. What and the White Sox. I just think that Tony LaRusso's got that team. The coaching aspect of what he's been able to do with the White Sox is key. In the playoffs, he's been there. He's won World Series. So those two teams I would say just keep an eye on because they could possibly sneak up and, and end up winning it all. Yeah, I would. Li- I like the American League wild card team. Basically. Yeah, because like there's a lot. Look, first of all, everybody thought Yankees were going to roll. Everybody. I don't know if there's a single person that said Yankees weren't making the playoffs. You know, so just that factor alone, if the Yankees end up coming out of that wild card spot, like yeah. that's that's scary. And the same thing with the Red Sox. The Red Sox have a bunch of players that have 
have been to the World Series, have World Series rings. You know, they they are one of those teams that have so much makeup of of playoffs that it it is scary for whoever is going to play them. And then yeah, you throw Sale on top of that. Yeah, no, they can have a chance. And then Toronto with that those those, those lineups. Yeah, that one. Oh yeah. my lord! Yeah, so. I wouldn't want to play them either. Yeah, so it, it, the American League is definitely going to be fun. Uh, I think it's a two-team race in the National League, realistically. The Giants and the the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah I don't again, see anybody else. All about seating. It's all about seating. But um, once again, if you're joining us, we're live. We're on Rhode Island Broadcasting. We're on every Friday night at 6 p.m. We're on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. You can follow us at Sports Unfolded on Facebook and Twitter at Broadcasting RI on Twitter, Sports underscore Unfolded on Instagram. Can listen to us on our podcast on Ankle, Google, and Spotify. And please subscribe to us on Rhode Island underscore broadcasting on Twitch. Send your bits. If you do subscribe tonight, you can win a keychain of the team of your choice. We will send those out to you. So a lot of cool uh, things there. Any team you like. So Sway, if you like the Ravens, subscribe. We can get you a Ravens keychain. But uh, appreciate all the support, all the live uh, followers. You guys have been great on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, all of it. Ron, what time is it, my friend? Pick and roll. Oh, my God. this Pick, pick and roll. roll. This was one of the worst ones I think we've ever done from no, a standpoint. No, not the worst. Worst as in trying to figure out what how to rank this. Yeah. I, it was the most difficult one I, I, I've been through. Um, yeah, I think it was, too. So it's our 32nd episode. So we ranked these great number 32s all time. And they are Magic Johnson, Shaquille O'Neal, Jim Brown, Sandy Koufax, Julius Irving, and Carl Malone. I'm still not sure if I have it right. <laughs> and what I would say is this. We're going six to one. And regardless of how we rank these, it's probably not going to be anybody who's going to agree with it. Because there's so many different ways you could have went with this. All right. At number six, my friend, I had Carl Malone. So he was a two-time MVP, averaged 25 points a game, 10 rebounds, 3.6 assists. But he never won a championship. Yes, he's second all-time in scoring. But again, uh, you know, impressive numbers from a scoring standpoint. But I don't think overall he made them any better. So, so you're saying championships matter? No, I'm saying is I'm saying no. What I'm saying is this: that from the 32s that we're going with, he was the least decorated of them all. He really didn't win many MVPs or anything, All Stars, any of that stuff. But anyway, at number five, I had Shaquille O'Neal, 15-time All Star, one-time League MVP, four-time NBA championship. Averaged 23 points a game, 10 rebounds, 2.5 assists, almost 11 rebounds, actually. But he wore several numbers. He had he wore 32, 34, 33, and 36 in his career. And all three of the championships with the Lakers, he was number 34, not number 32, because he wasn't even the best 32 in the Lakers organization all time. So, hence why Magic's ahead of him. And number four, Julius Irving. 16-time All-Star, four-time MVP, one-time NBA champion, 24.2 points a game, 8.5, 4.2 assists. I just, I, I, out of all these guys, I, I don't know. I just, I was struggling so hard where it was going to put. From four to one, I, I struggled. The first two, I was like, this is pretty easy. The last four, I, I struggled. So at number three, I put Jim Brown. Jim Brown, nine-time Pro Bowler, 
he was a champion in 1964, I guess before the actual. So he did win a championship, three-time MVP, 12,312 yards rushing, 106 touchdowns. In his career, he averaged 104 yards a game for his career in nine years. So he he averaged 100 yards plus his entire career every game. That's pretty impressive. I thought that was kind of cool. Number two. And get ready. I'm, I can't wait to see your face on this. Number two, I had Magic Johnson. Oh, come on. I knew it. Yeah, oh, I knew my it. God. No. 12-time All-Star. Three-time MVP, five-time champion. 19.5 points a game, 7.2 rebounds, 11.2 assists. So, obviously, his numbers, showtime. We know all about it. But, again, the Lakers have had so many great players. He He's one of those great players. But the guy at number one, and if you look at what he did in baseball – his numbers are oh, ridiculous. I was wait. Did you forget somebody? Nope. Sandy Koufax. Where did you have Doctor J? I had him at four. Did you even say his name? Yeah, you. That's when you went. Oh, I can't. You. You already. You gave me the look. Oh, okay. So at number four, I had Doctor J, Jim Brown, Magic Johnson, Sandy Koufax at number one. Oh. League MVP once, but three-time Triple Crown. I didn't even know this existed in pitching. And then I had to look it up, and I'm like, wow. So three times he led in strikeouts, ERA, uh, wins three times. Four-time World Series champion, three-time Cy Young, five-time ERA champion, 2,396 strikeouts, an ERA all-time of 296, uh, 276, 2.76, 165 wins, 87 losses, four no-hitters, one perfect game. The guy just did about everything possible a pitcher could do. In a career, by far the best 32 in my book. Okay. At number seven. Number seven. All right, here we go. Don Sweeney. <laughs> no, I looked up I looked up who the best number 32 was in hockey because you always yeah. ignore hockey players. Uh, the best one the best one was Dale Hunter. And he, I can't I can't stomach that guy. Okay. Uh, dirty hockey player, but he was the best one. Like he had over a thousand points, but he also had over three thousand penalty minutes. Um, would not actually be number seven for me. I would actually put Don Sweeney it's ahead me. of him. <laughs> I know you, my friend. <laughs> number six, I had it just like you, Carl Malone. Uh, you know, like I love his numbers. Love his numbers. They're all there. Like you said, second all time. There's that one zero by his name that haunts him. Him and his buddy John. <laughs> Mr. Stockton, if you're nasty, yeah. Uh, number five. Um, I believe you had the same one as me. I had Shaquille O'Neal. I did. Uh, look, you know, if it came to centers, he'd probably be my third pick all time. Well, maybe fourth. I forget. Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem. Bill Russell, Shaquille O'Neal. That's probably, you know, where I put him fourth. Uh, look, he, he, it's the Lakers era that kind of ruined it for me because he didn't wear number 32 because you can't. Right, and that's why I said three championships. He wasn't the right. best Lakers. So, so you take away those and it becomes very yeah, much different. One with Miami, yep. Right, so like Shaq is one of the best to ever play. Like, no doubt, but really not 32 his whole career. 
Oh, so that left me with number four, Jim Brown. Um, this was a tough one for me because it's like the era that Jim Brown played in isn't like today's game. He'd probably average more today. He would, and I really truly believe that that his era kind of hurt him in this because I just couldn't bring myself to to give him higher with his numbers. Like the numbers are all great. I'm not saying they're not great. I mean, I love them, but we're not talking Barry Sanders. So, um, so I think his era kind of hurt him in this category because everybody else, I would definitely want more than Jim Brown. Uh, number three, I have Dr. J like his numbers are just, out so of we just those two. So his numbers are out of the world, like twenty four yeah. point two points. Yeah, like it, like everything he did four MVPs. I mean four MVPs. Like that's just amazing. His sixteen All Stars. I mean this guy was great. He was look. He's the original heir in my book. Yep. You know everybody calls Air Jordan. You know, yeah. but this guy. Dr. J was, was the one that started. He was yeah. the guy. Agreed. Uh, number two was Magic Johnson. And, like, the aura that Magic Johnson gives in games is just different from anybody else. Like, there, there was just something about him that was magical. Like, hey. to, to, to give an awful pun. <laughs> Jackie, and, thank you, Brian. But it was, there was something, like, you knew there was something special about Magic Johnson. And what really topped it all off for me, for Magic Johnson to be number two over Dr. J, Magic Johnson has a Grammy. Oh, that's a good point. He has a Grammy. I like it. So that's one extra award for him. I believe, Thanks for joining. I believe it, was that the, do they know it's Christmas? Well, we are the world. I think he got it for something like that. All I would say is this, though, too. If you think about Showtime, he fit it with the smile, everything. Like yes. he made that. He brought the TV piece to to basketball. Absolutely, absolutely. He was like the first guy that they really marketed. Uh, number one, uh, Sandy Koufax. I right? mean, bro. The more look, I looked at it, look, I don't even care what his numbers say. Like the numbers speak for itself. But when you're watching footage from that from any game that he pitched any any game that he pitched it was pure domination like you're talking about a guy that had under two era several times yeah yeah like and, and i don't care when you pitch that like nobody would hit him today nobody and he did it on three days rest game in game out and he also had like nine saves in his career so he would be out there whenever you wanted him to be. And, like this guy just dominated pitching. I mean, he he basically wrote the book on how to pitch. I mean, yeah. that guy that guy was just I agree. Different than anyone that has ever right. played the game. Yes. Yep. If so, you want to make a comparison, maybe Pedro Martinez in his prime. Yeah, but, I wouldn't even say that. But, not, not with those numbers. But, yeah, but the But with the Sandy numbers. Koufax did it for yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, many no years. Three-time so triple crown, bro. I was yeah. like, I was blown away. I was like, what is this? Yeah. 
I'm like, yeah, he was yeah. a hitter. No. And then I'm like, Oh, this is an actual pitching stat. And I was like, wow. Like the fact that he did that so, three yeah. times, but um, Hey, you know what? That was probably one of our closer, as difficult as we thought we only flip flopped uh, Brown and uh, Dr. J. Really? That was the only difference. That was the only difference. Oh, wow. And like I said, if, if I thought if Jim Brown played in the game now, I think it would have been even better. So that's kind of cool. So uh, anybody that's joined on uh, Twitch, uh, appreciate it. Dirty, Jackie. Uh, we are giving away uh, keychains if you subscribe. So any subscribers, get a keychain, a team of your choice. So please subscribe, and we will send those out from Sports Unfolded, any team that you want. You know, your I also team. have some gaming wins too, by the way. Just saying. All right. So. So RTS gaming. All right. So let's uh let's go on to our predictions, my friend. And we've got a lot of good games to to discuss here. So um we'll start off uh tonight. We start off it actually is gonna seven o'clock, so it's gonna start any minute. Yankees at Red Sox, three game series. Going Red Sox, two games to one. Me too. Uh look uh, it all starts tonight. You know, and it's going to be Cole versus um, Evaldi. Evaldi plays very well against the Yankees. Uh, that's going to be a tough one to win. Uh, the Yankees are lucky they don't get sale as well in the series. So they luck out on that. But I'll still take the, the Sox, too. All right. What about uh, – so division leaders uh, and 928, three-game series. Rays at Astros. This is going to tell a lot, I think. Um, and I'm going to go Houston two games to one. I think we're the same. They're home. Phone, they're home. So you got to lean towards that because they'll be able to cheat, you know, if they need to. Bang those drums, baby. Bang those drums. <laughs> 926. We've got the Saints at New England. Some Patriots. I, I, I'm not going against the Pats. Not not doing it. Not doing it. I think we're going to pick with... Pats all week except maybe next week. And even then, I don't know. <laughs> All right, how about uh, the game, the Bucks at the Rams? So that's going to be a big 2-0, both 2-0 matchup. This is going to be another reason why the Patriots will not win next week. Uh, the Rams are going to win this game, and that just sets up an angry Tom Brady for week four playing against the, Pat the Pats. And and unfortunately, I would love the Bucks to win this game because you want Brady to be happy and and overlooking the Patriots, and not that he would ever do that to anybody, but no. But Rams are going to beat them, and it's so. going to be an angry Tom. Yeah, so I agree. I, I want to go against you, but I can't. Um, Nine twenty-five. We got Notre Dame, number twelve Notre Dame at number eighteen Wisconsin. I don't know. I throw these in there because we can go either way, and then we just – this will be our one. By the way, you won last week three to nothing. Oh, so three nothing. Woo. Good job. Good there job. we go. Do you have like a complete total of all no, the games? I wish I did. We're going to have to watch every episode, and then we'll have yeah, to – Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> more, more work to do. There you go. Uh, I'm going to go with Notre Dame, the away team. All right. I'll go Wisconsin just for the hell of it, so we got one different. Yeah. So somebody will win. Somebody's got to win. I'll go with the home team. Notre Dame really hasn't played too well. All right. If you enjoyed the show this week, tune in next week as our pick and roll will be all-time number 33s. And there will be a hockey player in it. Oh, I know there will be. So Actually, a couple go. of them, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, at least one. 
we're obviously going to have a good conversation about the Bucks versus the Pats. So that game will be <laughs> next Sunday. So we'll be definitely talking about that. Obviously, we'll continue to talk about the Major League Baseball wildcard race and what's been going on there. So if you are joining us, we're live on Rhode Island Broadcasting. We're on every Friday night at 6 p.m. We're on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. You can follow us at Sports Unfolded on Facebook and Twitter, at Broadcasting RI on Twitter, Sports underscore Unfolded on Instagram. Listen to us on Anchor, Google, and Spotify if you can't watch us. And then subscribe to us on Twitch on Rhode Island underscore Broadcasting. We did have a giveaway tonight of some great keychains, team of your choice, or as Ron said, even some gaming ones. If there's a gaming one that you'd like, uh, we can work on that. But please subscribe. We're looking to get to 25 subscribers, right? 200 followers. So you guys are helping with the follows. Thank you so much for that. All right, my friend, we're going into our final thought. If you haven't watched the show before, our final thought is always a topic. Uh, doesn't necessarily have to be sports-related. It's just something that's going on in the world today that we might feel affects us or it could be a sports related story my final thought is actually about um this past weekend some minor league players wore a teal wristband and it was to promote better um wages for these players so the federal poverty hold on the federal poverty level is considered twelve thousand eight hundred and eighty dollars all right if you play single a ball you make six thousand dollars for the season Double A seven nine thousand three hundred and fifty, so both below the the poverty level, and Triple A makes fifteen thousand on average. These are on average, so this doesn't necessarily. But what they're saying is, if you think about from a standpoint of they can't get second jobs or third jobs because again they're traveling, they're doing things for the organization, so they they're supposed to live on six thousand dollars. Basically, it, it's it's a lot to ask for. Major League Baseball makes a lot of money. These players sometimes are in these systems for years at a time before they even get called up or even have an opportunity to me they, they i thought it was just a strong sign to show like hey we need you know we need to pay these players a little better because again some of these guys blow out their knees something happens they'll never play baseball again and to say they made seven, six thousand dollars to me is a joke that's my final thought you're up i i just have one thought for those players get better <laughs> sorry i don't feel bad because a lot of high school is gonna go there and he's gonna be in the system that's just how it works Ron. they can get jobs just like everybody else how what do you mean how they're traveling for three months what do you think people do they get seasonal jobs you know look i don't i don't feel bad i'm sorry eric i don't feel bad for players that could make millions and millions of dollars if they make it. And yes, I know yes. it's if they make What's it. What's the percentage? And that's the chance percentage? that they have. That's what they have. They have them making a gamble on their lives. And yes, I understand that. And yes, it's not a lot of money. But if they get to that triple A level, they're making some money. Don't don't feel so bad for them. Oh well. Okay. Like, okay. look, it wasn't, it was like maybe 20 years ago, NHL players had to have second jobs in the NHL. So to me, I, I don't feel you, bad. What's going to happen in the NHL this year? They got a new TV deal, right? With ESPN, TNT, they're going to make more money. Players get more money. These right, organizations right. are making money and yet they can't pay these guys 
or give them adequate living arrangements. These guys are spending one bedroom with five guys in it. It's not going to happen because that ultimately, no matter what, if you want them to make more money, they're just going to charge people more. That's all it comes down to. It's going to come out of the fans' pocket every single time. And I think we're paying enough for these these prima donnas to be, especially in baseball, these prima donnas to go out there and play baseball for a living, you know, when they're squabbling over $100 million. Okay. Okay. I I just don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. That's the job. Thanks for joining. So, all right. So my, my final thought goes out to the situation we're about to uncork uh, Brady versus New England, Brady versus Belichick, however you want to spin it. Um, I really don't want it to get ugly because this is a guy that played for you, that played for you, the fans, for 20 years, brought us six Super Bowls, and now all of a sudden most people hate him because he's playing for another team or you know, there's going to be some bickering back and forth with – with the media causing a lot of that problem. Um, I am not going to hold a grudge on Tom Brady for no reason because he brought us six championships. And yes, I understand he's not here now, but I still root for the guy. And I just don't want bad blood with the fans and Tom Brady. When Tom Brady gets announced in that game, I want the fans to, to welcome him and open arms. And, and the more I hear the media yeah, and fans calling up these shows, and now they hate Tom Brady now. And it's like, come on, how do you do this to a guy that brought you all these championships and change sports in New England? Because if it wasn't for the Patriots, you would not have championships with the Red Sox. You would not have championship with the Celtics, and you would not have a championship with the Bruins because they took on the persona of the Patriots, and that's what made New England sports great. And if you and if you lash out on the guy that brought you there. It's wrong. So I will say to anybody that's watching now, watch next week. Um, I disagree with you 100%. I don't think any fans in New England hate Tom Brady. I heard it a I, lot on the call-ups. I think the, the the problem is that people can't separate Brady and the Patriots. And I think <laughs> that's where some of the problem comes is that, you know, fans out there are going to cheer. They're going to cheer him on, on I next Sunday. So. I can't if see it, any if other. It's not, uh, um, I'm going to be disgusted in doing that. I I can't. And we'll do a post game after that game anyway, which will be late, but uh, we'll definitely, uh, we can discuss that. But uh, once again, Ron, thanks for joining episode 32 sports unfolded. All the fans that are out there. If you subscribed, you have an opportunity to win those keychains. So any keychain of the team of your choice. So make sure you subscribe to us on Twitch. Um, We'll do it all again next week, my friend. And then Sunday, this Sunday, uh, we'll do a Patriots post game after the Saints game. So we'll see it. We'll see all the fans out there. Then, fans out there, take care. Ron, have a great night. Peace. Take care, everybody.